Hoy hoy, sir. Hoy hoy. How are you this fine podcasting you? Uh, doing well, doing well. How about you? I'm good. So when I signed on Skype, I got these messages from you that I thought you just sent, but apparently they're from months ago. They must be residuals. It hasn't been a month, has it? No, but the date is 8 eight twelve. Is that our last podcast? Eight twelve. Yeah, that sounds about right. Eight eight twelve. What's eight eight twelve. Today is eight twenty eight. Right, and we try to go every twenty days on the dot. So I think that's right. On the dot. We're doing a good job of that. As always, every twenty days there's a new show. I think the people will get it by now, right? The the listeners. We have some of the smartest listeners in the biz. We do. So they, can I start off with a great Android story? Sure. And I think our listeners, I think you will appreciate this as well. Okay. There's actually two parts of the story. So um, I was with Gabe, my friend Gabe, um, last weekend, probably Friday night, I guess it was. I have uh, Resounds, everyone knows. He has the original Droid Incredible. So Ooh, both, the original. The, the original. He has an upgrade. So we both have nice. Verizon, HTC, Androids, very similar phones. Um, so... We were kind of watching, we ordered a pizza, and we were watching TV for a little bit, and he went to check his phone to see if the guy called, and got a very strange error message on his phone. Um, and we read to you, because I took a picture of it, because we thought Verizon might not believe that they existed. So it's system UIDs, UIDs inconsistent. And then the message is, UIDs on the system were inconsistent, you need to wipe your data partition on your device. And the only button you can press is called, is I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> no joke I have a picture of it like it's a Google search you need to wipe your whole phone and the only button to press is I'm feeling lucky that's amazing right, can you he, throw that in the show notes I'll put it in the show notes he turned his phone off and on pulled the battery every time you restart it's the same message and he had to hit I'm feeling lucky it, it's telling you you need to wipe your whole phone and the button to press I'm feeling lucky like it's a Google search that's amazing it's amazing so, so did, did you actually end up figuring out what the real problem was no, we, he actually pressed I'm feeling lucky and it wiped all of his data. He has a stock phone right now. Wow. And uh, he I, mean, had, I, knew, I knew Android was great. I didn't realize it was that I great. I had no idea. I've never, like, I've had two Verizon HTC phones. Like, I'm pretty good at understanding them. I've never heard of an error like this. You know, did he, did he recently upgrade to Ice Cream Sandwich or one uh, of the, the, the... The Droid Inc. one is well beyond the realm of upgrades. Huh. Because, uh, I mean, there were rumors... Still, he's on, he's on Froyo. I mean, I don't think he's on Gingerbread on that. Oh, well, you, you want to be on Froyo, right? Um, when it came out, Froyo was pretty good. Yeah. Chrome phone was a big feature. One of, the, one of the rumors that's been kicking around is that uh, Android is trying to implement users on phones. So just mm -hmm. like your, your computer can have users and you can log in and someone else can log in and have a completely different desktop background, application set, and so on and so forth. Uh, I... I heard a rumor that Android is or Google is trying to bring that concept over to specifically well, would, to the tablet space. That would make sense. What UID was? I didn't even know what a UID was on a smartphone. So was it UID or UUID? No, those are one U. Things. UID, as in user ID, I guess. Oh, that's really strange. <laughs> Just said I'm feeling lucky. Literally, like if you on a Google search, the option is I'm feeling lucky. It's usually not about wiping your entire phone. That's so. Great. So actually, the extension to the story was we had, we'd ordered a pizza, and then we realized it had been like a half hour, it had been a while, um, that the guy was supposed to call his phone. We thought, like, oh, like we, he, he probably left, and he lived in those apartment buildings where the buzzer 
goes straight to the phone. It doesn't have like an intercom. So even if the guy buzzed, it would have gone to his phone also. So we run downstairs to see if the guy's there. We don't see anyone. And he asked if oh, I can call the pizza place after the guy left already. So this is actually a question I wanted to ask you anyways. If you're going to look up a phone number, what your preferred method is, mine is actually going to Maps, which I don't think most people do, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because you know it's the right place because it's like if you're looking up a pizza place or something or maybe a few of the same name, like you see it on Maps, you know exactly which one it is. Mm-hmm. So a place called Lazar's Pizza, I go to Google Maps, Google Lazar's Pizza comes up and I hit the button to call. And now my phone actually, for some reason, has been having this issue recently where anytime you use Google Maps, it restarts. So that's a good feature. So it's a great, it's a great feature. I think because you know sometimes you're doing stuff in Maps and like you want to you like you'd be like, should I really be doing this? Maybe I should have my phone second guess me by turning itself off. Yep. So I I find it Lazar's Pizza. It's on the right it's on the right street. I know it's the right one. I hit the call number button and the phone restarts. So, like, we're both standing outside the street. And, you know, like, there used to be all these commercials on Verizon for, like, like sec- about, like, seconds mattering during an important thing. And, like, you really need to make a call now. Or you need to look something up so you want the fastest network. Mm-hmm. And, like, both of us on the street, his phone has an I'm feeling lucky button. And my phone, every time I try to call the number, restarts for, like, five minutes straight. It's just, like, the perfect example for why you should own a Verizon Droid, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say so. So, that was, that was my little anecdote about... Why I will continue to buy Androids. I'm not sure why, but I think I will. I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, they are getting better, right? Isn't that the, the, the general theme of Android is that no, they are I, getting better? That's tough to tell at this point. And, and the, like, the majority of the problems with Android is not so much that Google isn't going in the right direction. It's that you're trusting handset makers and carriers to put these awful skins and awful crapware on the phone. That stock Android is actually pretty good. You know, I'm actually, in, in general, that is just the consensus, and you're right. I've actually run HTC Sense on both my phones, and I actually prefer that to stock Android. I don't think stock Android, I think it's a little overrated. I think it's very unpolished looking. I think it's very, if you buy a stock Android phone, I think it's very kind of intimidating for users to know what they're doing to figure out how to set it up. Mm-hmm. I think the good skins, Sense included, actually make that easier for you and make it a much nicer looking interface. But that said, they do kind of, there, there are downsides to that. They, they put on a lot of bloatware, all the carriers do. In general, you probably do want a stock phone. But I, I actually had read that Google was maybe introducing a bunch of the new Nexus phone on different handset makers. It wasn't just going to be one Nexus device like they've always done. You know, I, I read that too. Um, I'm guessing they would make them with uh, Motorola. No, I mean, but but they said there was going to be like one Samsung, one HTC, one Motorola. Oh, I didn't read that. Yeah, it was it was going to make different Nexus phones with each with a different handset maker. Interesting. It, it's just a rumor at this point, um, so that we don't know if that's true. I mean, partially, I think Google doesn't. I mean, they did buy Motorola, but they, they can't really just kind of piss off all the other handset makers. Like, I think they've been saying all along they're still going to play it evenly. They're not going to give Motorola special treatment. And I think they're they doing something like this would kind of be a show of faith towards that statement. They can do whatever they want. Oh, they and can. just because they said something a year ago doesn't mean it holds true today. Oh, uh, they can. But I think they, Google's going to do whatever is in Google's best interest. 
sure, but it's not in Google's best interest to re realize a year down the road that Motorola is the only maker, handset maker making Android phones anymore. Like they, they, these are partners there, so they need to keep happy to some extent. Yeah, you're right. So, did you want to talk about? Um, did you want to talk about the Apple versus Samsung ruling that, that came down last week? Um, I don't yeah, know if you so wanted to talk about it. Know how much you knew about it? I haven't read. I mean, I haven't read a lot about the ruling, but I had read about the case prior to this. It was what a 1.05 billion dollar settlement. Yeah, it was a, a fairly large settlement. I'd say. I would say that is fairly large. That is. I mean, and I don't really want. To, I don't want to talk about the money because I really think. The money to Apple doesn't really mean much. The money to Samsung is big, but Samsung is a huge corporation. I mean, they make yep. they make yep. ships. They make they make all sorts of crap. They make ships. Yeah, Samsung makes ships. Like like boats. Like, like shipping ships? container ships. Like the giant, like giant ships. Like pulling into the ports of Baltimore, season two of The Wire kind of yeah. ships. Ships with cans on them. I did not know Samsung made those. Yeah, they make boat engines. They make all sorts of stuff. The Samsung is like the General Electric of Korea. I have no idea if that's true, but I just said it. Okay, well, let's put it on the, put it on the podcast if that's fair. Um, Samsung's I mean, a, huge, a huge company. I mean, Apple makes uh, 25 products, but Samsung makes hundreds and hundreds of products. Yeah, I mean, a, a billion dollars, and that, that means something. Yeah, really what I want to talk more about is so Apple had some of its patents held up in court, and they found that Samsung violated those patents. Right. So we, the, yeah. big, the big argument is, um, people have argued back and forth, I want to actually get your opinion on this, was it worth the $1 billion settlement for Samsung to become the second, the, the most popular Android maker? So was it worth a $1 billion to become the most popular Android maker? Right. So what, they broke what, all the rules. What patents they, were ruled that they infringed upon? Because I don't actually remember which ones were ruled which way. So they violated a few things. The first of which is what's called trade dress, which is basically a your trade dress is like a registered image of an object. And, oh, it's hard to explain, and, uh, and I'm not qualified to explain it at all. Okay. But basically, if you take a picture of an iPad or an iPhone, and that image is registered as trade dress. Uh, it it covers the the appearance and overall just like overall shape appearance and everything you know the gestalt of the actual item. Uh, so it was found that the galaxy basically it was found that something like fifteen to twenty uh, early Android Samsung phones violated the trade dress of the um, Apple iPhone. Okay. And they also found that. Um, and so part of it has to be not only that they do infringe on it, but it has to be willful infringement. Right. So it can't be accidental infringement. It has to be they plotted and they said, what we need to do here is we need to make our phones look more like the iPhone. Mm -hmm. and, and they did that. And, they, and they, they found that they were guilty on that count. They also found I, that they... I've been saying for a year that, that every Android maker should be trying to make it look more like the iPhone. So, so that's, that's actually the argument that like, I wanted to ask you about is, so they did that. And you know what? It worked out really well for them. Yeah. Right? A few, and they like a, a year and a half ago, it, it looked like... Head, I'm going to say it is worth it for Samsung. Right. So it, like a year and a half ago, it looked like HTC was going to be the, like the biggest and like the biggest and best Android phone maker. Yeah. What Was HTC really ever in a lead by that far? Maybe, maybe they were tied with Motorola, but it, it wasn't Samsung. For sure. Kinda, yeah. I mean, Motorola had the original, had the Droid 1 and the Droid 2, which were both huge sellers. 
And HTC I mean, had some serious. I mean, that you got an HTC phone. The HTC Incredible was was a fairly big seller on Verizon. No, the the Jordan One was was a great seller. Um, Jordan Two has actually been a pretty good seller too. I mean, when the and so Samsung first did. popularized on Verizon, it was really Motorola and HTC, and that was it. I mean, LG and Samsung didn't even have options. I don't think at the time. Yeah. So so basically, they they did exactly what you said they should do, which is copy the iPhone because everyone wants the iPhone. Well, not everyone wants the iPhone. Everyone likes the look of the iPhone. Copy the iPhone. Get away with it in the market for a while, and then you only have to pay a billion dollars in damages. I actually, I actually don't love the look of the iPhone. I just think they got the screen size and phone dimensions right. I've just been saying they should just copy the, the dimensions like that. They can make it, the form factor look a little different if they want. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I actually, you know, I think it is worth it. I mean, Android is still growing at astronomical rates. I mean, if you look at numbers... I mean, there's like close to half a million activations a day still worldwide, which that number is insane to me if you think about it. Like 500,000 new Android devices are activated every day. Like yeah, that's, I, I that's a big number. I can't understand how it's a sustainable number, but it has been for, I mean, it's been growing this rate for two years now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's well surpassed iOS. I mean, it, it's, it's clearly going to stop in market at a point, but it's not really slowing down that much. And to be... I mean, one, they're number one, which just in name doesn't mean that much, but they've created the reputation of, amongst consumers of having the phones that are the best because of these patents. So, so I, I think definitely a billion dollars to pay for that, especially this company makes ships and boats also, probably is not that heavy a loss whatsoever. No, I mean, it hit their stock pretty hard this week. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I read that argument and I found myself nodding my head and saying, you know what, you're right. Like, they did a really crappy thing. They they copied Apple, but you know what? They got away with it for, you know, the legal system moved so slowly that they got away with it for a while. And basically the trial doesn't, basically the trial, let's just call it, the the trial covers the Galaxy S2, which right. is not their premier phone anymore. The Galaxy S3 is not even in the trial because back when they filed a motion for it, back in February, the S3 was not even announced yet. Right. So at this point, you know, anyone, you know, even if Apple gets an injunction against Samsung, which they probably will, and Samsung won't be able to sell the Galaxy S2 anymore in America, or at least for, for some short period of time, um, it won't really matter to them because they've moved on to the next phone, the S3. I think the S3 has already actually been banned from sales in America. Or at least I think you know, there's so many patents out there with so many, basically every one versus Apple in some way or another. It's mm-hmm. tough to really keep track of. But I know some... Top line new phone was had this kind of stall on shipments because of an Apple and friends and I thought that was that the was HTC One X. But that, that that phone you're thinking of is was the HTC One X. Oh, and that was actually almost entirely HTC's fault. Right, it because was Apple won an injunction against them, and they had something like sixty days to correct it, and they and didn't, didn't do, do it. it. They didn't do anything, and they just let it expire. And then they had, and then like. It actually happened, and then was banned. And then they were like, "Oh crap, we have to do something." Well, if you read reports on HTC, they're actually losing money left and right. I mean, they're doing awful. Yeah, it's sad because I actually really like the design of the HTC phones. I think they have the best time and time again. They have the best form factor, except for that Jordan. They have the best skin in terms of usability and looks. I've never. I, I mean, I've used your phone briefly, but I've never actually used a stock sense. A stock? Oh, a stock sense. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of improved since just as much as 
as Android has improved, I mean, as Google has improved Android. I mean, Sense is much different than it was when it debuted back on, what was the T-Mobile phone, the, phone, the, the MyTouch 3G, right? Okay. Um, I think that was the first one of all the celebrity commercials, like Whoopi Goldberg and Chevy Chase using their phone stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Sounds about right. Uh, you, you probably remember. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Sense is, is really not bad. Um, you know, I, I actually think HTC does some of the smarter things with their phones. They just they don't market as well. I mean, they it's, it's they they don't put everything under the same brand. They're actually trying to with the One series, but I mean, the Galaxy name that Samsung's kind of created is I mean, that's the only thing that even comes close to rivaling an iPhone in the, in the Android world in terms of brand recognition. You're right. I'm really looking forward to that uh, Samsung Galaxy ship. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but seriously, you uh, you, you strike on a, a good point about uh, marketing, um, and that is, um, have you seen these ads for the Galaxy S3? I see them all over the L here, um, and they they're they're NFC enabled ads. I have not seen one of those, nor have I even heard about them. So, what? Tell me what that means. Um, so they're they're billboards on like the side of the, you know like just like small billboards on walls. Okay. Uh, not like big billboards up in the sky, okay. and they're um, they have uh, like a grid of nine NFC touch points where you can touch. You, it says like if you have a Galaxy S three, tap on here and you get an app from uh, one of them's like you get an app from the the Onion. Another one is you get a free song by CeeLo. If you tap here, and it's so like these, these are paid things that you're these getting. Are, these are paid advertisements, um, right? Yeah, but the, but the thing is, I've seen them; they're everywhere. Have and you I ever can't seen someone how many people have Galaxy S3s, and they're tapping their phones to these ads, or anyone is actually like drawn, like, oh, I, I really want this CeeLo song. I should probably go out and spend two thousand dollars on a smartphone so I can get the CeeLo song. Yeah, that's actually. I can't remember what phone it was, but there was a phone like maybe a year, year and a half ago that one of the features really came loaded with Inception. And I just could not imagine why that's inside the factor in a phone. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that just like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever oh, to me. Get, get this phone because it comes with the movie Inception, which you really want to watch on your phone. And if you were so desperate for it, it costs probably ten dollars to download whatever other phone you get. Yeah, it's one of those things I'll never, I'll never quite understand. And and maybe, and maybe we should get some marketing people on here to to really discuss, you know, consumer motivation and and what actually causes people to 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 make you know large purchases things. based on like very very small, like very very small incentives. But that that said, actually, Samsung has had my favorite Droid commercials of all time. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still run them, but. Um, the ones where everyone is waiting in line for the new iPhone at the Apple Store, mm-hmm. and someone walks by with a Samsung phone that does everything the iPhone does, and asks like, "Oh, what are you guys waiting for?" "Oh, we're waiting for the new iPhone." And he says, "Why?" And he's like, "Oh, because it's an iPhone." Like, I-, I love those ads. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I think it's a dumb ad, personally. I think that's a great ad. I mean, I mean you, you, whatever. You can't show all the, all what, the things the iPhone does in, in 20 seconds. What? You can't you can't show the difference between two objects in twenty seconds, especially an object as, co- the as complex. The points not they're different. The points they're the same. Yeah, but it's like the saying points that this Samsung does everything the iPhone does. You don't even know why you're getting an iPhone anymore. All I mean, you know is you're waiting in some three hour line because it's Apple. 
but there's no point. It's like saying like a Kia does all the same things as a BMW does. Yeah, they both drive me from point A to point B. They both have power locks and they both have, uh, you know, they, they both have a radio and they both have four wheels and a steering wheel. Sounds like the same thing to me. And, and <laughs> right, they, they do the same things. That's not the point. Uh, the point is not, not that they do the same things, it's how they But yeah, I, I like those ads in general. So, so my, my last point about the, the, the NFC-enabled ads is, so there's this one with like nine grids, or uh-huh. nine tiles in a grid, and it's kind, it's kind of weird. In fact, from a distance, it's actually really hard to tell. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell what the ad is for because it's lettered in this like really thin typeface. So it's not like bold, so you can't see it from a distance. You actually have to be really close to it. To, to read what it says. But then they have this other one, which is just like one image. And it has this uh, ad with CeeLo and Goody Mob. And I don't, I don't know who Goody Mob is, but they must be, I'm pretty sure they're a rap group. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of them. And so it's this picture of CeeLo and the three guys in Goody Mob. And it says, tap here to get the free CeeLo song if you have your Galaxy S3. And the picture is of just four guys, and they, they don't even look happy at all. They're, they're like scowling at the camera and they're just like sitting there on the blue background and like, I can't imagine that that is an effective way to like advertise for anything, let alone like something that's a huge purchase, like a cell phone. Buy, yeah. this, buy this cell phone and you get a free song from these angry guys. I'll, I'll have to take a picture of it. I'll send it to you. I'm, I'm, but I'm sure people are buying. I guess. It's, Samsung has some strange marketing, marketing things. If you ask me, I mean, if you just look, if you think objectively about what marketing is, like almost all marketing is pretty strange about the stuff that gets you to buy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just compare that to, to Apple's strategy. I mean, Apple's new genius ads are pretty dumb and getting pretty big criticism. Actually, they actually, yeah, they actually pulled them last week. Yeah, I, I know. Like, the, oh, there's a genius on this plane. He's gonna help me do a PowerPoint and make a photo for my wife. Like, those those were pretty bad. Those were not very good, and they pulled them. I mean, they even uh, removed them from their Mac versus PC. Were very, very, very well done. Um, I, I almost always thought like PC users really understood those more than Mac users. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, I, I think they were totally geared at people switching. Yeah. No. I mean. They were like those. So many of the problems rang very, very true as a lifelong PC user, but still didn't switch. Let's. Should we shift over to Breaking Bad? We can shift to Breaking Bad. There was one more thing I wanted to talk. Oh, oh! I want to have really quick follow up from last week. Follow us up. So I wanted to follow By up last, last week. week. Oh, you made twenty days ago. Last episode. Okay. Uh, last episode we talked about bandwidth caps, and we talked about. Uh, mobile bandwidth caps and regular bandwidth caps and there was one fact that I had calculated before last week's episode and I really want to throw in there and it's totally out of context now but I think the the listeners will understand well here's your chance and that thing is I, I did a calculation on how much time it would take me to reach my 350 gigabyte cap okay maxing out my connection on uh. on Comcast versus how long it would take a 4G phone to reach the 2 gigabyte cap Okay. Do you, do you like? Do you care to venture a guess of how much time it would take? Okay. How much time would it take on your phone to hit a two gig cap? Now, I'm estimating twenty Mac. megabit download speed. Is that a fair estimate for four G phone? 
I actually just speed tested mine in this little interim we took mm-hmm. and got three and a half down. Three and a half, that's it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was three and a half megabytes? Or, yeah. Or megabits? Oh, God. Whichever the normal standard one is, I forget the difference. Is it, so three and a half megabytes would be... So were you like downloading a file at three megabytes per second? Or were you doing a speed test? Speed test. Speedtest.net, the app for the phone. And it's three mega, it was three megabits. Yeah. A bit is what? A, an eighth of a byte, right? Yeah. Or you could say eight, eight bytes make a bit. Eight <laughs> bits make a bit. generally byte. how you would say it, probably. <laughs> you can say it that way. That's cool. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I can, I can do the math. Okay. So you have a two gigabyte cap, but you, that's what annoys me. Wait. Storage is done in bytes, and bandwidth is bytes, but speed is bits, right? I thought, so wait, no, no, hold on. Oh, you only get three megabits down on three your 4G half, three phone? Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. That can't be true. Well, I didn't think that was that. Because visible. Emily, on her iPhone 4S on AT&T, gets four and a half. Oh, you know, maybe if I was... Um, I don't get great service in my apartment. There's a lot of other factors. I thought 4G was, like, blazing speeds. I remember when I first tested out in the store, I got, like, 40 down and 40 up. And but now it's down to three? <laughs> That's awful. I don't think... I, like, I don't see it as that bad. Three's fine. Like, I mean, I, on my lowly 3G iPhone, get 1.5. Yeah, well, that's why I get more than double your speeds because I have four Gs. Yeah, but that's not like that's not. I thought the promise was like twenty to forty megabit. Yeah, it was when zero people were using the network, and now okay. that millions of people are using the network. Well, I can adjust, I can adjust my calculation. All right. Well, anyway, maxing out your two gigabyte plan. Let me think. Um, that's if you were doing it actually at 20 bits, the 20 bits would be 160 bytes. 160 into 20. You probably shouldn't talk this one out. <laughs> uh, 10 would be 16. Uh, 12. 12 Car- days. Carry the 5. 12 days. No. Wait, 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 no, no, no. 12 something. 12 hours. 12 minutes. Well, yeah. I'm stuck on the number 12. Yeah, you, you pretty much got it. It's, it's a third of an hour. third of an hour is 20, not 12. If you're downloading, to download 2 gigabytes, effectively, at, two, at 20 megabits per second, right. okay. is about a third of an hour. third of an hour. So you cap yourself out in 20 minutes. Roughly. That's, that's great value. As, great oppo- value. as opposed to my, my landline, where I get 300 gigabytes a month, and I only get... Roughly two megabits per second or megabytes per second down, it would take me seventy-one hours of maximum use. Seventy-one hours of maximum use, which is actually much more likely. Well, no, not anymore. But back in the day, I would have used seventy-one hours of maximum use in a month easily. Yeah, but even at that, it's it's pretty tough to saturate my line. I mean, I'd have to do a serious amount of downloading. Yeah, you're right. But I couldn't I couldn't accidentally download three hundred gigabytes. But I could that, conceivably that, accidentally download two gigabytes. That 20-minute stat is great. So if you use your phone to its maximum capacity, you get 20 minutes a month. 20 minutes in a month. And you're paying 
what, $30 a month for your data plan, more or less? Yeah, $30 so, a month for your data plan and $30 correct. for each extra gigabyte. No warning whatsoever. A dollar and a half per minute. Yeah. That's pretty uh, awful. So, yeah, that was my, that was my bit of FU follow-up. Well, I'm glad we snuck that in there. Okay, good. So, yeah, so let's, let's, switch, let's switch to Breaking Bad. Let's switch it over to Breaking Bad, but we don't want to take that long because we have our new format with our time caps and so forth. It's true. We're already at 30 minutes. Is that both sections put together? That is both sections put together. I guess we should stop alluding to this break because you're kind of going to make it seem seamless in post-production, right? I can, I can still make it seamless. Uh, but now we're talking about it. So for the users to know, we took a 10-minute break in the middle, but see if you can figure out where. We had a refresh. I had a little snack. Uh, right into us, actually, if you can figure out where we took the break. That's the key. Yeah. There'll be some sort of prize to the, the first listener who correctly emails myself or Jordan with the exact timestamp of when we took the break. We'll get a, a small Ahoje prize. To be determined. To be determined. So, Breaking Bad. I have no idea what's going to happen in the eighth episode. <laughs> the, the, the only thing I can say is I'm not going to feel happy about this season. And I know it's only a half season, but there's nothing that can happen in this episode that's going to make me feel like this was enough Breaking Bad for one stretch. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't even think anything that crazy is going to happen compared to the past episode. I think it's probably going to set... I mean, everything is unwinding in Walt's life right now. Um, I mean, his three-episode run of being king of the world, in which he never actually really made that much money off doing it, it's basically over. He has no partner. He has no distribution. He has no anything anymore. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, I, I think everyone thought it was going to be a major concern splitting the season up like this, but I'm, if you look at these eight episodes as, and call them a season, which basically it is from a viewer's perspective, mm-hmm. it's not great, I don't think. So my, my one question to you right now, do you think they're going to use the one-year break between seasons? as the break that brings Walt from his 51st birthday to his 52nd birthday. Do you think something's going to happen at the end of next episode that will bring us through that break? I'll just push it back the timeline of the show a year. Yeah. No. I don't. Okay. I think that'd be breaking, and I, we discussed this before, how it's already breaking a lot of convention that they've done about 50 episodes to cover a year and that they're going to get to a whole other year in one season. Mm-hmm. But I just... I'm still stuck in my belief that that's going to happen way toward the end of the season, if not all in the last episode even, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to keep this pace as long as possible. I think with how close Hank is and the DEA is still sniffing around to what's falling apart with Walt and Jesse, to Walt getting the operations going, the new partnership with um, the guys from, those from Phoenix, right, they were from? Mm-hmm. Or did I make that up? I just don't think they're going to break the pacing of an episode being literally one or two days, apparently, mm-hmm. or a week, actually, to, to do the math right. I, I just, I'm still kind of convinced that that year in the future is going to come way later into the season, towards the very end of it. Um, so my question for you, did you, at what point did you realize Walt was going to kill Mike? At what point did I realize? Uh... As soon as he opened the bag and there was a gun in it, it, it hit me that he's going to kill Mike. And I'm not that saying that's like super advanced to pick up on. It's about three minutes before it actually happened. Right. But it was at that point, I kind of 
I, I realized he was going to kill Mike. You know, I, I kind of realized, I, I don't know when I actually realized it. I mean, I had, I had that inclination that just as he pulled up, that this scene wasn't going to go over well. Right. Didn't so, it start with Mike skipping stones into like the pond also? Yeah. Like that's a very like closure-y scene. Like, yeah. yeah. If you look back on it, there were a bunch of cues the whole episode about how much time they were giving Mike more than they normally would. Yeah. So I think I kind of realized, I knew that stuff was going to go down when I realized that they were setting it up for a scene, just Walt and Mike. And we really haven't yeah. had very many of those scenes this year. Well, we had one last week, right? Yeah. Where, where Walt restrains Mike, or Mike restrains Walt. Yep. Um, but I, you know, there, there's bad blood between the two of them and they're setting it up for a scene in the middle of nowhere with Mike and Walt. And I just knew it was like something bad's going to happen in this, in this scene right here. Uh, I wasn't sure if Walt was going to shoot Mike or if Mike was going to try to do something to Walt. Uh, it was, it was totally unclear to me at that point. Um, I did think when Walt did shoot Mike, you got to see, like, an actual bit of remorse from Walter. Oh, that wasn't Heisenberg. That was Walter White. Yeah, exactly. Season one. Exactly. That was, like, the face of Walter White. And, and you know, how he did it was very, like, I, I got the sense he was going to do it, but I was thought he'd be in 100% Heisenberg mode. I thought he'd pull up with a hat, say something to Mike, pull out a gun, and shoot him in the face, like, damn, like, kind of. Super right. intense. I did not think he would do it as kind of an afterthought, desperation plea of Walter White, who then hadn't even really thought out all of his options. I mean, that was very much a season one wall, not a season five Heisenberg. Right. Like, Heisenberg would have used that opportunity to, to get something out of Mike, or at least to, like, say something to him, you know, hold yeah. him under duress at point blank and say, like, say his last words and then just off him but instead he he's he's almost not thinking he just rushes over to the car and bam right in the window no and he doesn't even get not thinking even the way he walks over it's 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 very panicked it's hurried it's i mean it's nice to see that i guess to some extent walter white still exists as a person it's not 100 percent heisenberg but it was was weird i'm not sure why that took him out of the character he's been all season like i kind of thought found it confusing in terms of the character progression of Walt, why at that point he reverted back to how it used to be. Yeah, I don't quite know. Um, and maybe, and maybe it's, I mean, my, the... my guess is because everything is not 100% rock solid like he thought it was two episodes ago, how Mike left, Jesse wants out, he's training this new guy, Todd, he's doing everything himself, he's kind of maybe realized that because he killed Gus doesn't mean there are no other threats in the world ever to his empire. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of bringing back the, the Walter White we know, as opposed to the overconfident Heisenberg. But I don't know. I, I didn't... I, I guess it's just confusing why the writers chose to make that scene more of a Walt scene again, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, perhaps it's, it's signaling, you know, Heisenberg is at his highest point at the beginning of this episode, when he has the, the showdown with Declan in the first scene. You know, say my um, name, I'm Heisenberg. Like, I'm the best of the best. Yeah. No one um, is better than me. I'm, I'm basically going to walk in and take over your business via a conversation. Yeah. So well, before I get to that scene, one note is I did actually like how Mike kind of 
like just aired it all out about how they had a good thing going with Gus. With Fring, Walt could just sat there and made as much money as he wanted, which is all true, and that Walt's ego just kind of got in the way forever, which has basically been his fatal flaw in this whole, this whole series. Um, but I did like that Mike kind of put all that out there. So here's, here's my question. Um, when Walt shoots Mike, Mike apparently steps on the accelerator and tries to drive away. Um, and then you don't see him get out of the car. Ever, you though. don't see him get out of the car, but Walt follows him down to the river where Mike is sitting there with the gun, with his own gun. He's still Correct. alive and still able, I guess, to amble down to the river mm-hmm. with his own gun pointed at his gut, basically where the wound is. Um, was that Mike trying to set it up as a, as a, as a suicide? What was, oh, what you was know, that? I hadn't even thought about that. And so Walt, Walt takes the gun out of Mike's hand, which My seems like a bad idea. Was Mike's first instinct as the guy that he is, is to survive. So he, he probably try, he tries to drive off, crashes the car, not on purpose, scrambles out, I'm assuming the pass, I think it has to be the passenger side, because I think we saw the driver's side during the whole time, no one got out, has a gun with him. I think his first instinct is to hide and, and, and basically fight, like to have Walter chase him down and then kill him. And I think before Walt gets there, Mike kind of realizes, no, like I'm not going to make it through this, this is the end, and kind of just gives up. And I think Walt takes a gun out of his hand just to make sure he, he, what Mike's not going to do anything to him, but... That was my sense of the scene. Yeah, and, and my, my sense was Mike, I guess, did not want to hurt, harm Walt because I have the feeling that if he wanted to, he could have. At the very end? Yeah, like Walt is walking down to the river and he has no idea where Mike is, right? He's I don't like, know. I mean, panic look. Like, 30 if seconds Mike wanted to, to attack point. Walt, he could have. Maybe, but he may have been too weak to do anything. Like he may have pulled out the gun to try to do that and couldn't even move his arm anymore. For all we know, I don't know. It, it, it was interesting. I mean, it was it was an interesting scene. I'm curious to see how it plays out because Walt's going to have to clean this up, right? And Jesse gonna... was loyal to Mike too, right? So, so they're going to have to clean this up somehow. They're going to have to. I, I guess they're going to try to frame it as a suicide. Well, why do they have to clean it? I'm not sure they have to clean it up. Like uh, the trail kind of ends. Walt's with fingerprints Mike. are all over everything. What? <laughs> they have to clean it up because Walt's fingerprints are on the bag. Walt's fingerprints are now on Mike's gun. Oh. Tire yeah. tracks leading to and from it. Like. I guess you're right. It doesn't look like a suicide. No, you're right, they will, and I don't know, so I'm sure Todd will be the one called in on this one, not Jesse. Yeah, the, the glass is shot from the outside of the car, and the bullet path indicates, you know, it, it doesn't look like a suicide. Well, I wasn't thinking that you would pet suicide, I was kind of thinking how they would link a murder to Mike, I mean, back to Walt, but... Fingerprints on the bag. Yeah, you're right, and and he doesn't want the DEA to keep looking around. And if Mike's murdered, that's just another step for them to look farther into. Right. Well, the other thing is, here's here's the other angle that I've been thinking about with this: is Mike had intended to disappear. Right. So the only one currently who knows that Mike is dead and not disappeared is Walt. Yep. Walt could just clean it up 
somehow. I don't, I don't know how he would do that because usually Mike does the cleaning up. And go back to oh, Jesse Walt's and say, "Oh, Walt's cleaning up. What's that chemical in the plastic in the plastic bins?" Right, but but he needs to do that, right? Yeah, cleaning up is not a one man job. I guess you could get Todd to do it with you because Todd is Walt's new confederate. Yep, they're they're best friends. Um, and Walt could paint to Jesse that you know Mike disappeared. Not that Mike is dead. Not that I killed Mike, but Mike has disappeared. You're right. You could tell Jesse I brought him a bag and Mike left, and that would play in Jesse's mind fine, I think. And I kind of, I kind of see that that's going to happen. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you totally. It depends. I have no it depends idea what's, what's going to like happen. Walter White is not. I mean, he's, he's not thinking like a, a criminal right now in the state he's in. Perhaps he'll go back to Heisenberg. I doubt it. I, th- I think we've seen the peak of the peak of Heisenberg, and we're returning back to Walter White. Yeah, I think we have to. It's going to be really interesting what happens with Walt and Jesse going forwards. So there's something they say um, in one of the first episodes uh, when Walt is speaking to his uh, chemistry class, uh-huh. and he says something that chemistry. Look, that most people think that chemistry is the the study of matter but that he sees it as the study of change, right? Mm-hmm. And so people have interpreted this as like a subtext for the entire show. Yep. Right? That the show is not about matter, it's about change, right? And then he says three things. He says, um, chemistry is the study of growth, decay, and transformation. And that's exactly what's happened in that order. Walter White, you're going to say? Right. So you've seen the growth up and until this point, actually. This is the beginning of the decay, and then there's some sort of transformation. Interesting. The transformation being moving to New Hampshire and growing a beard and getting new glasses? I, I'm not really sure. But I want to throw that out there. Yeah, that... And so Vince Gilligan has also said that, that like, that's an important theme in the show, growth, decay, transformation. Yeah, interesting. I have actually read some uh, criticism online that... I mean, basically that the... The premise of the show, the, the, the original concept that he pitched on was taking uh, Mr. Chips and turning him into Scarface, right? Mm-hmm. So I've actually read some criticism that Walt hasn't really transformed. He's kind of always been this way. That if you remember um, Gray Matters name of the company, right? Mm-hmm. That he was a part of with his friend? Mm-hmm. That his ego kind of got in the way there and he was too stubborn and like he couldn't accept kind of working with other people, and that he's always had these same fatal flaws, that he, his character hasn't actually changed. He's just in a new venue, that like the venue he's in now is allowing these, these, this egotism, these flaws, to, to really play a very different part in his life than it did when he was just working at a chemistry company. Mm-hmm. That he's, he, Walt's always been this way. Walt's always been a scar face. He's always been an egotistical maniac who needs to be the best or needs to be in control and do all this. He just hasn't had the chance before. And that his character, I don't, I'm not sure if I believe this, but that his character isn't really what's changed, just his circumstances. Right. And it's kind of like what people say is that, like, that fame doesn't really bring out a new side in people, it brings out the truth in people. Interesting. Right. Actually, no, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Yeah. They actually said that on the Breaking Bad podcast last week, so I can't take any credit for it. Uh, you know, with uh, Vince Gilligan? Yeah, which all of our listeners... Actually, I still don't listen to those. All of our listeners, you should probably listen to Ahoy Hoy first. 
and then that because you know it's just on a step above. But well, then the, yeah. the Breaking Bad I mean, Vince has said that this is kind of our podcast kind of introduction to his, right? He's many times. So I think it's, it's actually kind of income. You, you're not going to understand his unless you listen to ours first, probably. We're like the, the warm-up. Yeah, exactly the, the warm-up. The really important warm-up. You know, there's so much more I could talk about this season, but maybe we should, maybe we should do it next week after the half season's over since we're running long right now. Okay, I want to go with... Your prediction of what's going to happen next week, and then my prediction, or in reverse order. I, you know, I thought I, before I really thought I'd have a better prediction, but I don't think anything. I don't think anything that crazy is going to happen. Um, I mean, have you have you watched the extended scene for next week on AMC.com? I know it's a scene with Lydia. I didn't it's, really watch it. It's with it. Lydia and Walt trying to get the names of the other people, the, okay. the loose ends to tie up. So. I mean, I, he, he's trying to erase all, you know, it's, it's so kind of like, ironically, like he's trying to erase the, everyone that could pin him to something, but then he, but he's also going around kind of showing off Heisenberg to criminals left and right. Like, he's not hiding his face anymore. Like, mm-hmm. if those guys in Phoenix ever got caught, they could, they could identify him without the name Walter White pretty easily, I bet. Um, but exactly. What was that? Exactly. So, but, I mean, what is, what is the only thing that those nine guys have to protect right now? So, they, they, they're, they're not flipping because effectively they're protecting Walt and Jesse at this point because Mike is dead. They, well, don't they, know might, they might not know Mike's dead. They don't know that yet. I mean, but I guess, I mean, the money's not going to come from the lawyer anymore. So, don't, I mean, it wasn't even about protecting Mike, it was about getting paid. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. Give me your prediction. Here's, I, I just my crazy have, prediction. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm still going with my... Um, <laughs> this is my crazy prediction. I don't even think it's right. But I'm going to go out there and I want to say it. I'm going to go out there and say that they're going to use this break as the one-year break. Yeah, I, I still don't think that's right. But I think going. they're going to do it. And I think it's because I know it doesn't make sense in the show to do it. But if it makes sense in any of the next nine episodes, it makes sense here. Because they are breaking for the season. Um, they might not explicitly say they're going to do it, but they might set it up so that it's within the realm of possibility. And I'm even going to go as far, so far as to say that um, they're going to use the witness protection program. Yeah, you <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense. I know, I know it's kind of crazy. I know it's out there. But I think... Walt is going to realize that he's backed into a corner. He's going to rat on as many people as he can. Right? Well, how's he going to get backed into a corner in one episode? Well, no one's backing him anywhere right now. He's backed up with Mike. He's, no. he's on the verge of being found out by those nine guys. Because they're effectively defending him, right? They're going to yeah. flip on him. So what's his move? His move is he flips on them. And I think he's going to flip on everybody but Jesse. Try to isolate Jesse Even as much Todd? As, uh, yeah. His best friend Todd? His new work partner? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's plausible. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's... I don't think it's right. It's just something I want to go out there and say. More than anything. Well, it's a prediction, and I can't actually really think of anything right now, so you're a step ahead of me. Um, 
I don't know. I just still just don't see. Like you're right that the, it makes sense that it, if they're going to do a one year break, this is the time to do it. They've never done that before. They've also never split a season in half before. But and I, I, I guess there's not a ton going on. Like they could skip a year. It's I mean the only loose end is Mike and these nine guys, but. I don't know. I don't see that happening. I, I think Hank, I think, I mean, the DA is going to figure out Mike's dead. I think they'll figure out some murder pretty easily. And I think they'll drive Hank to go a step further. And if anything's going to happen, if there's going to be like any cliffhanger moment, actually, I would bet on it. It's Hank getting the first inclination of Walt happening, maybe in this episode. That, that would be my guess. Yeah. Is if they're going to give us something to wait for a year. And I really think they have to give us something not from an artistic point of view as much as a weird television viewer's point of view and you're splitting a season on us. Um, so I think they really will want to leave people wanting kind of the resolution like that. And that would be my best guess, is something tipping Hank off to get on Walt's set for the first time. So perhaps if I were to amend my, my prediction, it okay. would be that Walt, Walt spends the next episode trying to figure out how to clean up the mic situation. Um, he's, it seems it like seems, he's, it seems like seems he's like well he's on his way. And, and what happens next is that Hank, Hank intercepts it, somehow finds out about Mike's murder scene and finds Walt's fingerprints there. And that's the cliffhanger. We open on the, we open on the first, sorry, the second half of season five and Walt has been on the run for the next year. I think that's our prediction, and we should come back next week and see what happens. All right. And so next week, hopefully, we'll have some guests on. I think we will have a guest. We can go through the whole first eight episodes and kind of give our opinions and feedback and maybe talk about anything else that's happened over the past week. Ooh, ooh one last thing to talk about. All right. Um, what did you think of Mike's last line? What was it? Shut up, Walter. Let me die in peace? Yeah. It was great. I mean, that's Mike. He says as little as possible. He's to the point. He's direct. He doesn't like Walt. I mean, if there's a guy who would want to die in peace, like, after everything he's been through, like, I mean, his, his whole character from day one has been, like, I mean, he's been tired. Like, he just, Mike, peace, like, coming over Mike is what he wants and needs, I think. So I I'm, I'm loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who he actually reminds me of? It just, just hit me now, the way his character, like, Tyler's not the right word, but like so burdened with the like everything he's been through. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Stringer Bell in that sense. How like, like I think the both of them not. To, I mean Stringer Bell obviously didn't want to die. Mike didn't either, but I think like they were just like their lives were just so burdensome and like weighing on their souls that like death was just like a peaceful release kind of for both of them. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting comparison there. Yeah, I don't know if it's right or not. I'll think about it. All right. Well, we'll have a lot, a lot of time to think about it when we come back next week. All right. Discuss oh, yeah. the first half. And, uh, yeah, it's a show. It is a show.